really don't uh, look like this. On uh, for the last uh, year and a half, we we've come in and done a lot of stuff. We had curtains on the walls, all that kind of stuff. But obviously, this morning is different because this is the last morning in this space, and then we'll be moving into our new space. And yes, it's very exciting. Just a couple of things to uh, know about that. This week, you got to be praying for a guy named George. George is a state fire marshal. George has uh, George is going to come on on Monday. There's a great tension in our builders' mind because of what's called a flow switch. I don't know what the flow switch does. It's something to do with the fire alarm. And we have a one flow switch, and we need a two flow switch. And so what we're praying is that uh, um, that our uh, that he'll fall in love with the one flow switch. I don't really know, right? But he's going to come in. There's this one flow switch and. And they need to do all this kind of stuff. And so we're praying that George would come in and just go, oh, it's okay, right? Or maybe the Lord will speak to him in a dream and say, if you don't pass this, I'll kill you, something like that, right? I'm just saying, don't really pray that, but maybe. Um, no, but seriously, we just want to pray that God would move in George and God would open that door for us. There are different things we're working on, but we need George to pass this on Monday. If not, we may be here again next week, so we would not. We would like to not be, uh, although we love this space. Now, when we talk about being here at Vintage, obviously coming, it looks very different. But what you may, but for those of you who were here the very first week, you may remember, uh, and those of you who weren't here, you obviously wouldn't remember. This is basically what we look like. The very first uh, Sunday we were here, we had fluorescent lights going. We did have a few curtains up, but. Uh, we didn't have the drum shield. Remember that drum shield that was a blessing to us? And as we began, yeah, people were like, oh my gosh, it's so loud. We, you complained long enough, so we finally filled it in, right? But we had a drum cage, and then we had, just like here this morning, we didn't have the, the projector flying. We had it sitting right here on this table, so you had to be careful when you were walking through. I watched Shane earlier with the offering basket do like this, you know, and, and, and we came in, we didn't really even have the rugs up here, I don't think, and we, uh, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of stuff. We, uh, we were in the process of moving in, and, and it was an exciting time, but, you know, it looked like this. It was very sterile, and, and the reality was simply this. Although it was sterile like this, like it would be today, just like this morning, the presence of Jesus was here. Amen. Right? And so as we come in this time, what it is is a time of remembering. It's a time of remembering. Because we remember where we started and what God has done to bring us to the place that we are today. Because there's power, there's power in remembering. There's power in remembering the ways that God has moved, the, the things that he has spoken in the context of our lives together. So as we, as we come here today, listen, we could, have, we could have moved everything tomorrow. Shoot, we could have moved everything after church today, right? We could have kept it all pretty in here with everything flying, a nice light bar running across. We could have kept it all in here, but we intentionally pulled it out because we wanted you to remember just like we're doing this morning, we wanted to remember what it looked like when we started and where, how far we've come today. Listen, it's not just that we looked all pretty on the inside, but the reality of being here in this, in this, what it looks like is just a reminder of where we've come from and all the memories that have happened over the last year and a half in your own lives and in the lives of vintage. There is power in remembering. Have your Bibles turned to Matthew chapter 16. 
Matthew 16, starting in verse 5. Jesus is going to be in a conversation with his disciples. And he's having this good Jesus disciple moment. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 5, reading from the New International Version, the 1984 edition. It says, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. And aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? The seven loaves for the 4,000. And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the teaching of the Sadducees. So Jesus is in this moment, right? And he's, he's having this conversation with his disciples, and he uses the imagery of bread. Now, all, most of you know that yeast grows, right? Yeast was used in bread. That you Back in the day, you didn't go to Kroger for your source of bread. You got some yeast, and you made it yourselves. And a little bit of yeast, you've ever, ever heard the phrase, a little bit of yeast goes a long way. And so Jesus is coming to them. Now, I don't know what's happened, but obviously there's just been this interaction with the Pharisees, these, the Jewish leaders of the day who were great theologians, and they were probably the best teachers in all of Israel, right? And so everyone likes to hear them speak and likes to hear them teach. And I get, I'm guessing, because he's talk, having the conversation, the disciples have just been around the Pharisees. They've just been around the Sadducees. And basically this is the teachers of the day, right? And and, and they probably had some interesting things to say. And so the disciples were probably sitting back having a conversation about a nugget or something going along with the, the teaching they had just heard. And, and Jesus is kind of just a little bit of alarm, not in a sense of like, you run away from these guys. saying, hey, listen, just be careful. It's interesting he didn't tell them to run away because he wants them to know what they're thinking and speaking, right? He, didn't want to, he wants them to understand what's going on over here so they can speak into it. But he's saying, listen, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. You need to be careful about the teaching because a little bit of that, if you really begin to dive into it and give yourselves to it, just a little bit of that can go a long way and it can be dangerous to you. But the disciples are completely missing the point, right? They're completely missing it and literally thinking that Jesus is talking about bread. And so then he looks at them and he just says, oh, you little faith. It's kind of like, oh, my gosh, seriously? Oh, poor people, right? Oh, you have little faith. Do you not, still, you still not understand, don't you remember and then he paints this picture of like, basically what he's saying is, listen, don't you remember that I don't really need yeast and you really don't either. For when there is a need, 
You can simply ask God and God will move on our behalf. Did you not see this, this miracle of provision that God can do for those who simply come and believe and ask? You missed the point. You see, what had happened with Jesus is he'd had these teaching moments, right? He'd had this incredible moment with the disciples. He did it twice. This miracle of provision, twice. He took just a little bit and he multiplied it. Remember, he said he took them and he took what was there, this, 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 the few fish and the few loaves, and he blessed it and he broke it and he passed it out. And the disciples were part of the miracle. They sat there and watched again and again as the, as the food was multiplied to provide for those who were in need, and they all came back, bringing back more food and fishes than they had taken out in the first place. Amazing. Amazing. And in the moment, what Jesus has just done, this is important, is he's just built a foundation of a teaching about who he is and about who God the Father is. He has created a memory. Do you see that? He's had this moment with them, a teaching moment, something that he wanted it to be kind of a notch in their memory bank, that whenever they got to the similar place, they could recall the memory, they could stand on that foundation for every single moment of their life, so that when they reached this crossroad moment, this, this moment of difficulty, they could just look back and have the memory, and they could remember how God had moved, they would be filled with faith to believe him for the next moment in their life and the situation arises here completely missing jesus and completely forgetting the foundation that jesus had already built in them through the memory of our of provision this miracle of provision there is power in remembering the things that have happened in the past, the, the stories of God moving here at Vintage, teaching the faithfulness of God, which will empower our faith for moments in the present. You see, for the disciples, they'd had these moments over here, these memories they can recall so faith could be released, so power could be released to the memories that God had created in them. But the disciples missed it. And what I feel like God is saying for us in this, this, this morning of remembrance, of remembering that, of, of, of what God has done, is that we have to remember who God is. Remember last week we, we looked at Isaiah chapter 43 and we said God is eternal. And he named himself as eternal. He called himself in Isaiah 43. He said, I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. And what he was doing is he was recalling a memory. In Isaiah 43, he's speaking to the Israelites, and he's naming himself as God who is eternal. And when he named himself that, he was going all the way back here to Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 6. And he was recalling a memory. He was calling them to remember, and he was saying, if you will remember, I was this God. I was the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. I was the Savior here. 
It's who I am today because I do not change. Therefore, the memory over here of you remembering who I am and what I did should empower you in the moment to know me by remembering because if I was faithful here, I will be faithful over here. I do not change. But the disciples over here, and Jesus is saying, don't you remember if God was the same God over here and moving, then he'll be the same God right here in the present, and which means he'll be the same God over here in the future. Do you see what I'm getting at, this being a God of remembrance? Because if we look over the last year and a half at Vintage, God has done amazing things. He has moved in power. If you haven't been here the entire time, you've been here for a short period of time, and you know you're here because there's something that's stirring inside of you when you come. You can't, you might not be able to put your finger on you might be able to completely name it, but you just recognize something is a, something is a stir here, right? Something's going on at Vintage. I can't put my finger on it, but all I can do is just get to the point of saying it has to be God because it looks like God, it smells like God, and it tastes like God. If that's the case, and it probably is God. God's been moving. He's been creating memories for the last year and a half, things that we can look to in remembrance. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to come and look at these overarching themes of things that we need to remember as we take our next steps so that when we get to the crossroads moment over here or we get into a crisis moment over here or we get to a place where maybe our identity is changing, we will look back and say, do you remember who God is? Because if he was this over here, then we need to make sure that we're going after the same things over here. So I'm going to just name a few things for, this, a few things for us this morning that we need to remember. Things to remember. And as I name these things... They're overarching themes. I want you, as I name them, to see the, this practically, how has it played out in your memory? Because I'm going to name things, and God has done things in you to create memories in the last year and a half here at Vintage that are these moments like Jesus with his disciples creating memories that will empower your faith for tomorrow. The first thing is this. It's about his presence. Things we have to remember. That it's about his presence. We've read from before from Psalm 27 and 4, where David speaks, the most, probably one of the wealthiest men in the, in the world at the time. He had everything he ever needed. He said this, one thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I'll gaze upon the one thing I ask is to enter, excuse me, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David says, I have everything. I could get anything. I can make it happen. But there's only one thing that I seek and only one thing that is required, that I be with the Lord, that I be in his presence. Listen, it's about his presence. Just as we entered into a sterile environment like this the very first Sunday in our space here didn't really matter what it looked like. We had fun, we enjoyed one another, and we enjoyed the presence of Jesus. We left and said, my gosh, that was awesome. Why? But it wasn't because it was really pretty and cool looking. It was awesome because Jesus showed up, and it was about his presence. We've got to be a people of his presence. He's created a memory for us. 
that when we gathered in this space, his presence was sweet among us. It was what drew people. Listen, there, we, we've grown. And we don't do anything all that great, to be honest. Like, I mean, we do some, pretty, we do some cool things, right? But we're not, like, better than everybody else around us. I mean, there are people who have, you know, much cooler stuff, right? And you walk into their lobby, and they have better coffee than we do. And, you know, our worship team is phenomenal. There are, like, these paid musicians who play with these massive bands all across the world who come and play on Sunday. We get paid $800 a week to come and play on a Sunday morning for three hours, right? I mean, they may be better than us, but let me tell you something. They ain't better than us because they have the presence of Jesus moving and flowing because it's about his presence. There are, much, there are people who can speak a whole lot better than me. God bless them, right? But hopefully I want to give myself to his presence so that when I speak, God is moving. It's about his presence. This is the memory that we are creating, that when we go to this really cool place with a really cool stained acid, stained floor, we walk in, it's going to be nice and cool. It's much bigger, right? And the walls look better, and there's a better sound booth and all this kind of stuff. It won't matter if we don't remember that it's about his presence. It's about his presence coming. The second thing we see, it's about people. That's one thing we've learned in the last year and a half. Man, it is about people. The greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But Jesus said the second commandment is just is very similar. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor. So God's saying, listen, you can't fulfill the great commandment unless I see you expressing love for the people that you're around every day. It's the completion of loving God. Hey, you can love me and tell you how much you love me, but unless you're expressing about how you love people, then you're missing the point. So we've learned it's about loving people. It's about people. One of the major things that I will carry with me from the last year and a half is everyone's comment. Not say everyone. A lot of people's comments, they come in and they'll say, golly, it really feels like a family in here. And we're dysfunctional, Right? I mean, God bless us. We're so dysfunctional. I know more dysfunction than you do. We're dysfunctional, right? And it's fantastic at our dysfunction because we come in in this brokenness and we just love one another. Do we love one another perfectly? Of course not because we're human beings, right? But we do our best. And I had, I had a friend of mine come in one, one Saturday night and, she, and she, she called me the next day and she says, See, I just got to tell you, I've been to tons of churches. I've been to tons of churches that you've been to, Steve. And they throw around the word family. But she said, but when I walked in, it felt different. It actually felt like you were. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. I told her, I said, listen, we strive for that, and we know we're imperfect in it, but we really strive for that. We really strive to be a family. And I would tell you that people come because they want to be loved. And we want to be a people who embrace them. And we remember it's about people. It's not about excellence. It's not about excellence. And it's not about perfection. You know what I mean as we come together. We, we, may, we may want to do things well, but we want, to do, we want to do things well and not run people over in the process. It's about people. Don't forget it and don't let me forget it. 
We have to remember. This is the memory he's created. It's about people. The third thing, it's about trusting Jesus, not ourselves. Listen, as we began talking about moving into our new space, right, and moving into this place, I sat down one day and I was like, okay, God, you're opening this door over here for us to move in. And, and I'm like, oh, we got to get money. We need a lot of money. And so I'm like, I'm thinking, let me just be why Let's just go ahead and get a loan out. And so Ed Fortier, you know, just comes over and has the audacity to say, Steve, we just need to trust Jesus. And I said, Ed, come on, man. Are you sure? He's like, I think we do. And I'm like, great, Ed, fantastic. Well, let me pray about it and see what God says, right? So we go to our leadership team and I say, guys, what do you think about our money? And Elaine Gillum has the audacity to say, well, I've been praying for the last year about this. And I think God is saying, just trust him. I'm like, great, Elaine. You've probably been drinking the same Kool-Aid Ed's been drinking, right? Fantastic. And so what are we going to do? And I'm like, fantastic. And so I'm like, okay. So we come in here and we take a week of fasting and prayer and say, God, what are you doing? And listen, we took that week of fasting and prayer. And I said it's for the church, but it was really for me because I was scared to death, right? And so I came in here on a Friday night at 6 p.m. And I just, I said, forget all about y'all. I've got to be with Jesus. And so I laid on this carpet for about two and a half, three hours straight. And I had a conversation with God. I said, God, what are you doing? Do you really want us to just trust you and to not take a loan out? God, it seemingly makes sense to take a loan out. But God, I mean, Elaine and Ed have said this, but do you really want us to do that? And and so I began to pray, and God, I felt like God began to to speak into that moment, speak into that issue. And, and And so finally, in my faithlessness, really a broken moment of just needing Jesus of desperation, I said, God, you've got to speak. And I had my notebook in hand with my pen there. And I waited for 10 seconds. And the Lord spoke. And he said, Matthew chapter 16, verse 9, which your Bible should already be there. And it says, do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Listen, I know you think pastors are supposed to know the entire Bible front and back. I had no idea what that said. I didn't know. I hadn't been reading it that week. I hadn't read Matthew 16 in months. But I read Matthew 16, 9, and I started laughing. And in the moment, it wasn't God getting mad at me. It was, or God saying, Matthew 16, 9. It was like, Matthew 16, 9. Okay, okay. Read it. Oh, my gosh. You're on the same boat with Edna Lane. God, fantastic. <laughs> it's about trusting Jesus. And you know the rest of the story. God moved. God has provided. We're going to go into it. We're going to go into it, and we're going to be. We're going to obviously have the lease that we're paying in our space as it relates to what we owe the bank. We'll owe them nothing, and every single person we owe something to will be paid. Listen, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in today's world of churches because they just get loans. And listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say loans are from hell. We're not going to say that. But what we're going to say is for us, God has called us to, it's called us not to do it. We trusted him and he moved. It is a memory that when we get to the crossroads again of what he's calling to, we say, "God, we could trust you over here. We can trust you over here." Number 4, it's about our community. Jesus told that it's about our community surrounding us, right? Jesus told the disciples very clearly, it's not about you. I'm calling you to go into all the world. It's not about you. Listen, if you come to church to get blessed so that God will do something for you, 
you better understand the economy of the kingdom. He only moves in you so you will give it away. Because he doesn't fill you once just to fill you. He fills you every day because you're perpetually and continually giving away to others who have needs outside of yourself. And what I would say to you is we've learned in the last year and a half that we've tried to do our best job of getting out into our community and helping others, those that are in need. And you can think of the own stories that we've done, just all the myriad of ways that we've given money and helped those who are helped the orphans. We've helped the widows. We've helped the families that are in need. We've come alongside and we've been a blessing to other people. And we want to say we want to go above and beyond. It was just a foretaste of what it looks like for us to be a blessing to our community because it's about our, our community. It's the memory that we have. Listen, if we've said this before, I'm going to say it again. When we close our doors, our community should care. If we close our doors tomorrow, would anybody know it? Would they care? Listen, people, listen, over the last three or four months, I've gotten phone calls from people saying, Hey, Steve, we know that you did, as a church, you did this. We want you to partner with us and do this over here. How awesome is it that the community calls us to be a part of events going on in our community? Why? Because we came, we love people, and we were Jesus to them. It's about our community. And we have to go. We, if we go over there and create the holy huddle and just sit there and look at ourselves and say, Oh, my gosh, you're awesome. And I only prophesy over you. And I only bring healing to you. And I only bring discernment to you. And don't do it for people in our community. Then we're wasting the gifts of God. If we've learned anything in the memory he's given us, it's about our community. Don't forget. And don't let me forget. And the fifth thing, and simple as this, it's about your memories. And what I mean by that is that God has stirred things in you over the last year and a half. Things that are memories for you. They're these foundation-type moments like Jesus with his disciples feeding the 5,000 and feeding the 7,000. He's created these moments in your life, maybe under the umbrella of all these things that I've just named. And in those things, he's saying, don't forget. Don't you, you need to remember. I've done this in you. I've laid this foundation for you. You need to trust me. You need to believe. You need to come alongside and know, if I was this way over here, I'll be this way over here. Because all of us know crossroad moments are coming. Those moments of crisis, these moments when we can't forget this moment where the enemy will come with the yeast of his own teaching, speaking lies into us to pull us away from the identity that God has created in us. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't let me forget. We need to remember. There is power in remembering who God is, what he has done, how he has moved, because it's how he will do it over here. We cannot forget. Let's pray.